Man, come on, man. <laughs> there it is. My dog. Yes, sir. Welcome to the pivot. I'm honored. You always honored. French, bro. I'm honored. You always sharp. What's up, Freddie T? What's up, my brother? That's hey, a Taylor suit. You know my dog been intermittent fasting. Yeah, so. you know where you big, you can't go to the regular store. So, <laughs> hold up, you on that good healthy shit? You intermittent fasting? I am, man. I am. It's a struggle, but it's working. How what much you weight doing? you lost? 16, 8? I've lost 42. He trying to be fine. Yeah. And stop eating meat. Pause for a minute, but. Yeah? Eight months. I stopped eating meat for eight months. How one, I feel? One time, I felt good, but one time in New York, the, the the vegan option was 50 minutes away on Uber Eats. Nah, I gotta get this. <laughs> and, and the chicken wings were 15 minutes. Gotta eat some protein. I said, I got to get that protein I in. I feel you. And that's when you started putting that meat back in your mouth, huh? Yeah, man. <laughs> it's just, I'm, you know, you know how I, I, you know how I ride. It's Paul, okay. it was a joke. It was yeah. just a joke. Y'all oh, too so close. Y'all hey, too close. That's my guy. That's my guy. First hey. of all, man, hold on. Okay. Because you be interviewing this shit. Hey, you see, see what he about to do? I'm just, I'm proud of y'all, bro. Let me say that before we get it popping. I'm proud of what y'all doing. I don't say for the culture anymore, I say for the world. It's, it, this, this is becoming global. Love so it. shout out to y'all for what y'all doing. I've been watching, I've been supporting. All right, that's it. Hey. I love it. <laughs> we love it. Well, I mean, we you know, a lot of times you got to come on and, and introduce people. I mean, it's obviously Chan, it's Freddie, I'm RC. Just Freddie? That's it? Yeah, I'm being nice today. I'm like, Freddie T, Freaky Freddie, Freddie Flowers. I mean, you have so many. Freaking nicknames. Give, That's what them to, give them to me. That's what happens when you're the favorite of the show. Stop it. That people call you all he's these so different calm. things. Oh, he's so calm. He's so calm. It's always, Fred has so much wisdom. Yeah. Every time he speaks, it's, you can tell that he truly listens before he talks. You know what I mean? I, I like, get tired of it. It's exactly like, true, though. You get tired of it? I get tired of it. But well, you sitting auntie, with your but... legs crawled. See, that's the thing. Hey, hey, he's confused. You see, you see. No, no, no. You see how? You... Well, I love you, boy. <laughs> he, he's confused. See, but I have to you be. See how sophisticated I am. I, I have to be more of me. The more of him we get. Yeah. I have to scale it back. That's so a good point. That creates the balance because he's gonna always drive. Yeah. All, all the people saying that it'd be sixty plus. <laughs> what? All the old women love Fred. <laughs> it'd be old as hell. Yeah. My, my aunties. <laughs> Hey, Chan, give me Fred's number. I was like, Fred, you 72. <laughs> Your husband just died. Why do you need oh, to go Fred? Why do you need to go She want to talk. She want to talk. She want to talk. Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cow, pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On the mission, got me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cow, pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On the mission, got me up. So, our viewers, first of all, thank you. Um, obviously, the DraftKings, our sponsor. Also, Happy Dad. We appreciate you guys. Uh, we got the big swagoo on. I mean, he's Marcus Spears to some people, uh, but as he's risen to fame on ESPN, become one of the brightest stars on any network covering sports, you know, the world knows him as the big swagoo. It gets a little slimmer swagoo now because he's intermittent fasting. You know, this is Freddie's line, but since I usually start the show, I always tell y'all, man, this is a show, this ain't a podcast. And what we know is that, you know, uh, anybody can podcast, but not everybody can pivot. And that's what we are gonna keep doing. I think, man, this is one of those shows you get really excited about because you can do it so many different ways. There's people yeah. who get an opportunity to see you now and what you've grown into. 
that understand the knowledge you have about speaking about sports or other things that are involved in culture or that are happening in the current news, but it's a story that got you here. Swagoo wasn't always this. Like I remember the kid that came my junior year, that was yeah. the, the big time freshman tight end, big time hooper, top 50 player in the country. And, and you yeah, know, Channing. he was, he was. My dog averaged like he 30. Play. Yeah, he averaged like 30. Oh, okay. that, was, that was skinny swag. <laughs> he could play. That, that, was, that, was, that was little swag. That was little swag. That's how the old school ass <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was little swag. You know, swag, when you look at where you are now, yeah. when you growing up in, in BR uh, near Southern's campus, was this what you expected to be? No, man, no. I tell people all the time, you can't expect this, right? Um, my grandmother actually, when I was born, spoke over my, she told my mom I was gonna be a preacher. And I didn't, you know, my mom say that all the time. Shout out to Irma. Um, but I didn't know what that meant. And the one thing growing up where I grew up in Louisiana, man, I, my mom used to always tell me, and I took it for granted, boy, you gotta know how to speak to people. You gotta know how to talk right? Have a conversation. So as I look across any job, right, that I could have had or any path I could have led that could have led me to anything, like I feel like this is my calling. Mm. Football chose us, mm. right? Like we were big. We were usually the best kid on the team. We, was, we had the right mentality. So you see that path early in life. Like I knew I could probably go to the pros my junior year in high school. Mm -hmm. Boring, I kept doing whatever. But what I'm doing now, man, it's my calling. I tell people that all the time, it's my calling. And, you know, it's funny, man, because I, I just, starting that SEC network at ESPN and then what I'm doing today, personally, you see a progression, but you still want more, mm -hmm. you know? And I think for me, man, I try to keep that levels me, right? Mm -hmm. We both had career, I mean, we all had careers and we had careers that we really could choose what we want to do. But I think sometimes, man, you're calling, just call you. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think that's what I'm doing now. Um, so, you know, the success and stuff, the attention, all of that, cool. But it's it's been a mission um, since I got into this arena, man. So it's it's uh, it's paying off for right now. But, but Swag, you so humble with it. Appreciate that, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you're so humble with it, but yeah. it's not easy. What you did is not easy. The SEC Network, you and uh, Greg, y'all yep. had y'all show. Yep. I w watched as a as a, as a, as a as a brother and as yeah, a fan, man. I watched the progression. Yeah. But that, what you did is not easy. So you talking to these young players getting out of, out of the yeah. game and you jump straight into it. Yeah. Like, you act you acting like it's easy to do what you did. Bro, it's not easy to do what you did, because if it's easy, a bunch of would do what you You're right. You're right, Chan. And, and I think, man, you know how we are, bro. Like, it's so many people it take, though. It ain't about getting yeses. It's about getting the right one, mm -hmm. right? It's about, like, my wife and my sister led me to television. I wanted to do radio. I remember you was doing radio. Yeah. And that was my goal. Like, I'm going to do Dallas radio. And a lot of people don't know this, man. When I went, because everybody see it now, right? They see you on the network. They see you a lot. Dude, I interned at the Dallas Morning News. You still newspaper. got the card, the, yeah. uh, the ID card. I, I, you showed yeah, for two dollars and seventy five cents an hour. This was after your. This program. after I finished playing football. Two dollars and how much? Two dollars and seventy five cents an hour. Wow. I interned at the Dallas Morning News because for me, bro, it was really about, you know, I, don't, I I'm I'm super transparent. I went through a period of depression when I retired. Mm. 
Mm. Like, I ain't know what to do. Man, when you start playing football at six years old, you know every year of your calendar what you gonna be doing. And y'all know this, when your career end, it's abrupt. Ain't nobody escorting you out. Right. It ain't no programs for you to go to to help facilitate your mind around, you know, what you gonna do next or, and a lot of us come out unprepared. Mm -hmm. But for me, man, I kind of wanted to just throw myself into that. And being in Dallas playing for the Cowboys helped tremendously, bro. But to your point, Jenna, I had to humble myself, bro. Like I had to, I wanted to earn where I'm at right now. Like I wasn't no pro bowler, all pro. I didn't have the resume to just say, hey, I'm Marcus Spears, hire me. Um, I wanted to earn it. So I, I just, I felt like I had to take my necessary steps. Like not everybody's else's, not young people that's asking me how you get into this. I had to take my necessary steps. And I think that part leading up to where I am now, man, just, it's a blessing, man. But it, it, it I've always said, bro, when people look at me, I'm just a reflection of the people that cared about me. And that's what keep me humble. Yeah. Like, to be honest with you, I take credit because of the work that I do. Yeah. But ultimately, bro, like, it took a lot of people to get me here, man. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot. So much just went through my mind, man. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned your grandmother. Yeah. Saying uh, your calling was potentially being a pastor. <laughs> and then you spoke about your mom. And then you talk about being humbled. One side of that for me is, you know, we're in an environment where a lot of these young kids, they see a lot of us and they see superstardom and all of this, and they try to get there, you know, so yeah. fast. And they try to put the shine before the grind. But I think that most of these kids these days are entitled, mm -hmm. right? Or they have that mindset. And they don't necessarily think that uh, they should be as humble as you were. You have to pipe that down a bit. But when I see you, I always see the cross yeah. right here on the side of your face. Yeah. You're talking about being humble. You're talking about your grandmother mentioning you about being a pastor. I want to talk about your faith and, yeah. and your belief. Yeah. You know, and the fact that you're a no-nonsense. Yeah, when I right. see you on TV, you're transparent. You're straight to the point and no-nonsense. That 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 foundation, speak to that. Man, faith for me is, dude, I trust God, bro. Like, it's simple for me. Like, we, we you know, we in a time now where religion and what, what your ideologies are got to reflect mine or we disagree and we don't like each other. And we don't have no discourse. I believe in God. God been the one constant in my life. Mm -hmm. I know that if I live long enough, I'm going to see people I love to death die. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see them go away. My grandmother passed three years ago now. Um, and you know, you don't imagine life without them. Right. But after we had the funeral, I had the next day I had to wake up and figure it out. Right. You know what I'm saying? And um, for me, that's what faith is, bro. Like, and, and honestly, like not pushing it on people, that's what has sustained me. Like my belief in God. I wake up every day thinking this: how much did you keep away from me that could have killed me? That's yeah. how I think. Right. Like, I don't think about like the blessings and the, cause that is the true blessing. Right. Like when, like when we grew up, you saw homeboys get killed, yeah. fall to the wrong things, end up in bad situations. You see young kids getting killed now. And and I, I think of that context and, and it's not in a negative way. I just, I, it's, 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 it's really not by your own power right. and might. So. I just, I, you know, I tapped into God and I that's what sustains me, man. That's the constant out of all of the relationships. Like, you know, 
I, I said I wasn't gonna be no preacher, but but and you, you sound but, like a preacher. But for real though, that, well, like, he got the voice for sure. He has the voice. But, but it's simply it's, it's as simple yeah. as that for me. I, I just I, I believe in God, man, and and whether what whatever your religion is, whether you, what you believe in, whatever sustaining you. You know, I hear people say the universe. I hear people say science. What sustain God to sustain me, man? It's right. something that I can't see that has sustained me. Correct. So I choose to believe that. That's something that I that I struggle with. Mm -hmm. The the signs, and then they the, my wife she be into them rocks, them power rocks, <laughs> and then she be like, oh you're you're a Virgo, you a Sagittarius, because yeah. how you act like all that shit. My my parents had sex, and I got born on December second. Yeah. So now my personality set on when my daddy nutted. I don't think like <laughs> you, don't, you don't buy that. I don't buy it, I'm with but. You. But to the point of like that, that bigger point of there's something else out there. Yeah. I think that, and you just said it, the the the, the religion thing is, is something now, especially that yeah. people are and these young this young generation is questioning. Yeah. And you're so faithful with your kids. How do how how is that conversation with your babies about faith, about God, about a higher power yeah. that has a plan for you? Because I do believe in faith. I do believe yeah. that your path is already written. You 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 just don't have to. It up. Don't start smoking crack. There you go. You start there smoking you crack, your so path your will be path gonna up. be messed so, up. So crack yeah. is the yeah. If you yeah. start smoking crack or selling pussy, your path is messed up. That that was my two things. That's why I said it's gonna you sell can mess it. it up. But ha ha like the conversation with kids, yeah. because I think I think right now swag, be like I, I, even before in the past, I think right now this generation is really questioning faith. Yeah, I I think I you know we. Being in church two weeks ago, man, I think it's a battle between um, everything being questioned, right? Like, as as this information floods our children, now they got outlets. Y'all think about this for a second, right? Do y'all remember when we used to gasp when we heard a curse word on TV? Yeah. Man, that's so normal now. Yeah. Like, my mom never played a song with a curse word on it, right? So as it has evolved into the society we live in there now, um, I think kids are being pulled to what they can see, touch, and feel. And we were more driven by faith, right? And you got to realize, bro, like we came out of a generation where our people literally didn't have rights. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, Jim Crow was 1963. Exactly. Like yeah. my mom was living during them. So all they had was faith. Yeah. And I think that pressed upon us. And even as an adult at 39 years old, I had to get like get back and ask questions. Like, what is this really about? So that's why I'm always so I'm always like with my kids, man, like I teach them the constant. Like your mama gonna die, your daddy gonna die. I don't know when the time is. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I'm going to impart everything I can impart on you before I check out of here. And that's not by my plan. That's not by your plan. But if you want something to hold on to in case everybody leave, mm. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In case you, in, you, you find yourself in a situation, you're in the middle of nowhere. Are you going to choose God or are you going to choose to go crazy? Because mm. it's a lot of situations where we know by our own might, we can't handle. Right. <laughs> like, we yeah. know that. Right. We know it's things that we can't handle, and we've actually seen people come back from it. It's something sustaining you. So that's what I teach my kids. And that might not be something for every parent, 
But that's what I teach my kids, and that's what I talk to people in my circle about. And it ain't, bro, I ain't converting. I ain't baptizing. I ain't, you know what I'm saying? I'm just literally telling the story of what has sustained me, you know? Yeah. And I'm fortunate that my wife thinks the same way. When you speak of where kids are now, and you talk about things that you could touch and feel, obviously, biblically, it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. Not seen yep. and, and so that's the hardest part for the mind. Now that we do have so much information, yeah. it's hard to get young people and just people in general to focus on that when you feel like in this world, we have access and can do everything we need to do on our own. Yep. So why do I need to lean on that? But you mentioned that we all played in the league. Yep. And for as much as it's something that you believe is out there, it is hard for that to be tangible. Mm. I know where you're from. And people from where you're from are talented enough. They're smart enough. They don't always yeah. make it. Yep. Right? There are circumstances that keep them from being able to do that. You are All-American at LSU, one of the more famous plays in LSU history, the interception in the national mm -hmm. championship for a touchdown. He looked ugly running down that field, though. I scored, though. But you look ugly running down that <laughs> it field. It don't even matter what it looked like, Chan. But did, and I know, and I love it. I did. He but had you great. Look hey, ugly running down I'm gonna say this though, Chan. That game wasn't ugly. Hey, Chan, I'm gonna say <laughs> I this now. Real good after that game. <laughs> hey, 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 I'm gonna say this now too. Best hands, top five hands I've ever seen in my life. When he Come got to school, no. Hands? He got hands like pillows. Like, honestly, bro. He played good tackle. But he played tight end. He's an All-American tight end. No, 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 no. He made money playing defensive line. Yeah. But he was an All-American tight end when we recruited him. Your hands that good. Throw it. Throw it over here. I got it. Hey, hey. So, <laughs> but I, I say that to say you do get drafted first round, but you go to America's team. Ooh. Right? And yeah. were you the same year as DeMarcus? So yep, it's both of y'all. DeMarcus where comes in the same year. What's that like when you walk into that building and it's Jerry Jones and it's the star and it's the Lombardi trophies and all the Hall of Famers? What's that feeling like when you yeah. walk into the building as a cowboy? You, you, you go back to little. Like when I showed up and you was at LSU and you and Brady James, Trevor Falk, um, Jarvis Green, like you go back to how I'm gonna earn my way. Hmm. And then too, man, like it's so polarizing. Right, like I remember being little watching the Dallas Cowboys on Hard Knocks, mm -hmm. and knowing about the the triplets with Troy and Emmitt and, and Mike and and all of the great players, man. And I just when I got there, um, Bill Parcells was the coach. For me, it was like an overload. <laughs> it was like football overload, bro. Like, and I played for Nick Saban, and you like we say it all the time, like the coach you play for, in college, that don't prepare you. Right. For because I tell like when we talk to dudes, and I know y'all do this too, man. When you leave practice facility in the league, you go home and you on your own time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like we had study hall in college. We lived in a confined space. Um, you could tap in with your partners, you could tap in with I was right down the street from my family. That's not everybody's situation. But when I got drafted to Dallas, man, it was it was time to like from a football standpoint, and I tell people all the time, man, football is difficult for us because it's the mental and physical. And the physical, we know we gonna get hurt. We know we gonna deal with something all year long. Like, we know that. As good as we feel in that offseason coming in, we know we gonna deal with something. But in Dallas, you deal with that on top of pressure of winning, on top of the pressure of the media presence on, always available, on top of Jerry's expectations, rookie year on top of Bill Parcells' expectations, and then the weight of being a first round draft pick. Right. Like, I know people like to talk about the beautiful side of it, 
Right. The weight that comes with being drafted in the first round of the NFL draft, like, bro, it it's something you either embrace it or it's going to eat you alive. Right. And when I got to Dallas, you know, y'all know schemes and systems. I wasn't playing the same football I played at LSU. Like, all of the success that had led me to be drafted in the first all round. All that's gone. All that's gone. I'm <laughs> right. doing something totally different now. Yeah. That was an adjustment period. I wasn't getting sacks. I was called to bust because D-Ware was having so much success um, early in his career. Um, this guy, this a wasted draft pick. The same year, Aaron Rodgers went 30th or 32nd in that same draft. And, you know, hindsight 2020, shit, I would have drafted Aaron Rodgers too. <laughs> right, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know? So, so for me, man, it was, it, was, it was more about the mental part of kind of bringing it back to football. Because in Dallas, it becomes about so much more, man. But I brought it back to football. And then once I got to that point, I started kind of maturing. And I was around some great vets, Greg Ellis and Leroy Glover. Um, them, them was my two two vets that really taught me like, hey man, like you gotta settle in, you gotta find your way. Like we could give you nuggets, but your way is gonna be your way of how you last around here. And then eight years, man, play eight years in Dallas. And really my rookie year was the reason why I was able to. Cause I was around people that knew the league, knew how to function in it. And then I had to get over the fact that I was no longer gonna be who everybody was coming to the stadium to see. Mm. And y'all know as football players, that's the hardest way except him. Yeah, he never had that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it's just it's just one of them things, man, where you gotta again humble yourself. Yeah. And really understand, like, I'm not gonna be Braun. I could be PJ Tucker. Mm -hmm. I could be Pat Beverly. Like, my role can be as important to the whole thing as opposed to being so important that I want everybody to recognize me for what I'm doing. But swag, that's tough though. It is, like, bro. Like RC was just saying, bro, All-American high school, All-American in college. Yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah. I was in that 05 I know, draft. But I, know. I, I went way behind all of y'all. You, okay. you were 20. You I was, ball, though. I was 70. You balled. Yeah, yeah, we did it, though. Yeah. But, bro, t like, do you ever look back? Because I look I look at stuff, and Mel Kuyper, yep. sack of shit. You hate Mel? I hate Mel because he told me I'm going top. I'm going first round, and I end up spending. A, uh, I got a million dollar credit line. <laughs> well, that ain't Mel's fault. That's, That's Mel's fault. It ain't Channing. Swag. No, he told me I'm going first round. I looked at the first round and said I'm gonna make eight million dollars. Yeah. I can get a million dollar credit line. I'm good. Uh -huh. And I went and spent three hundred and seventy thousand dollars before I got a penny. <laughs> that ain't Mel's fault. That's Mel's fault. Uh-uh, dumb dumb. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> but to that point, you go first round. Yeah. You get that yep. acceptance. But like you just said, that that's what posed me, or what I wanted to ask a question about, was the pressure of being a first rounder. You're set. You got money, you good to go. What's the pressure there? Like, what are you talking about? Pressure, bro. It, bro, you set. You start, you're gonna start if you're a first rounder. I'ma tell you this, bro. You know this, and Fred know this, and RC know this. The pressure of success is way harder than the pressure of not having nothing. Like as you get older, you start realizing like, because when I say pressure, it comes from the expectation of what you supposed to be in everybody else's eyes. Mm -hmm. And then you internalize that. Mm -hmm. Like D-Well went to the Pro Bowl his second year. Oh. In my mind, why I ain't in the Pro Bowl? Like what happened to me? What happened to my game? Like what I'm not doing in the off season? I'm working hard, I'm showing up. Like, what's going on? So I think a lot of times, man, you just have the pressure of what everybody else has seen and the expectation of that. And 
the funny thing is, and this is something for the for the younger generation, man, money don't solve no problems outside of you being able to, the internal problems, money don't got nothing to do with that. They got billionaires that want to jump off a bridge right now. And they got somebody around them that's hopefully talking them out of it. Right. Perspective, like if 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 Bill Gates, we all we all talk about how much money Oprah got. If Bill Gates' money went to Oprah money, he that's failure. Yeah, think about it. Like so, I I, I always I'm always cautious because when I used to hear that, I'd be like, man, yeah, I got a big bag when I got out of school. I'm playing for the Cowboys. I ain't no. Man, listen, that expectation that's coming from that front office and that expectation that's coming from that coach. And then, too, like when you're in the league, the dudes that draft you, they job on the line. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like we see it all the time. So it's pressure. It's a different kind. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's relative, man. It's relative. And, you know, a person that got money got a different set of problems than a person that don't have that type of money. But it don't make them problems no more or no less. It's just relative to the life that they live in. And when I got drafted, the expectation was to revamp a defense, be exactly what Bill Parcells thought I was gonna be. And it didn't happen until like my second year. Mm-hmm. And it was, bus, he ain't ready. It's all of that, right? And you inter- you hearing this, you hearing this, cause football was all I knew as a profession at that point. And I was still too young to realize like, these things take time. Yeah. So it, it was just pressure, man. Hey, Swag, you keep talking about pressure. You mentioned the front office. When I when I think of the Dallas Cowboys and I think of pressure, you know, we hear all these different mysterious stories about Jerry. Yeah. He need to step back. He need to do this. Need to just let him go play. <laughs> and then when you add the fan base in there, the, probably one of the greatest, craziest yeah. and greatest fan Crazy. bases on the face it. of the earth. Yeah. So I understand why they call it America's team. Mm-hmm. Fred, but, you missed delusional. No, 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 no. I did. I did. I did. Or, see, I don't did. Do that to me, man. I did. Not, not on not on your show. Not it's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's, I mean, because fan, we're fan base don't think they look. Don't this is what I know. The the Cowboys fans. The Cowboys. The Cowboys fans, <laughs> and the University of Miami fans are the same people. Every year they you're, win. you're stuck in the '90s and the early 2000s. <laughs> Absolutely, get been away up. from that. Hey, the last the quarter, same the last quarter century does not compute. So this to is what we so call Dallas Cowboys. No, but I'm fans. talking about pressure. Let me get back to my point. <laughs> Gang so, up on where, where do you feel nah, the nah. most pressure from performing for the fan base? Who's yeah. gonna be everywhere to support you guys? Yeah, or the front office because Jerry don't play. It's the front office. Um, the fans going. You go. You run for 190 and three touchdowns, Fred the greatest. You fumble twice, we need a new running back. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Right. So the the fan, you know that's they a ride, They ride the wave. Right, they're mm-hmm. going to they ride the wave. It the, seems like Jerry riding the wave too with his recent comments Jerry about know, Cooper and Dak. Jerry know what he doing, man. Like, what Jerry, you, what Jerry you, what's what going on? Jerry know what he doing. Finish your point. I'm, I it, just, it is, the pressure from the front office is this. You get pulled in the office. We, we, we paid you this amount of money. We want you to do this job this way. If you don't, we got to figure out what we're going to do. Because again, $8 million to Jerry ain't nothing. Right. I see you to Detroit. Right. You know what I'm saying? That, that's not something that I'm worried about. Right? You and your, you and your bag, like, man, I'm, I'm good. No, that ain't. Because ultimately, when we get up there, whether we want to admit it or not, we want to have success. Mm-hmm. Okay, how much money we get? 
if you're doing it and you're devoting that much time, you want to have success sure. at doing it. So that that type of pressure. It's different conversations with the owner of a team when you've been drafted first round mm -hmm. and they pay you a certain amount of money. Channing, you're going to have a different conversation as a third rounder with your owner yeah. than I'm going to have as a 20th overall pick. Mm -hmm. So that that's the pressure I'm talking about. Well, and what's the better way? Like this, I, I said in Miami. Cause I'm, I'm yeah. Miami based. Yeah. Stephen Ross doesn't mess with the team. He yeah. hires people to mess with the team. Jerry Jones is there every day. Every day. And every I, day, and I, walking around the locker room. He knows y'all like. And I think he too intrusive. Mm. I'm so, on record saying it. Yeah. Too intrusive. Because I don't even know if Jerry realized the pressure he puts on his players mm -hmm. and the guys that play for that team just by his presence being there every day. And you the GM? Right. Right? That, that, like, that's weird. It's so weird. I've I was. I, I went my last year and played in Baltimore. I saw Steve Bashotti twice. Saw him two times. And it was welcomed. And you could feel a different aura around the program. The building was football. And it was us. You think about it, bro. Like, we all sitting in a room at 15. Mm -hmm. If your mama walk in, the culture changes. Yeah, Conversation right. changes. Especially when she controlling the environment. Now it's different if a, like a assistant or a secretary walk in, you'd be like, don't tell my mama nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, but, but when she walk in, it's like, all right, we gotta straighten up. Cause you got the power to get me out of here and it won't bother you. Right. <laughs> I, I I just I, I've always thought that dynamic is 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 not good. I think it's detrimental to the Cowboys because I would not want the owner, the GM, believe it is. to be looking at me every day, talking to me every day, yeah. evaluating me every day. When I'm sitting there in the steam room, I don't want the owner to look at me. I, I think the difference is you look at it differently because the GM is the owner. Is the owner. Right? So the GM in Pittsburgh was Kevin Colbert. I did see Kevin Colbert every mm -hmm. day, but Kevin Colbert didn't write the checks. Yep. Right, he, he he decided and he was in on the meetings on who played and who made the team, but he wasn't the guy ultimately that cut the checks. And I think yeah. that's what makes Jerry's aura different, right? I can go have a conversation with Kevin Colbert that wasn't an owner to player conversation. It was a conversation about what was best for the team and he didn't have his money invested in it. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? So you look at it differently because as a GM looks at, at players that he can move around the chessboard in order to win a championship, we are still a commodity, so you're either an asset or a liability to yeah. that man. But also the point, what you just said, RC, if you're working in, in connection with a general manager, right, his success is directly tied to yours. For sure. Mm -hmm. Jerry's ain't. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be the owner whether you I cut you or not. Right. I'm going to still have these deals, this stadium. I'm going to still have this. So I've always thought, it was detrimental because the thing that I've learned is when you in business or you have ownership of something, there are times when you got to detach emotion from the decisions you're making. Yeah. But if I paid $150 million for a franchise mm -hmm. and it's worth three or four, five billion dollars now, I'm emotionally attached. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I'm going to make decisions <laughs> based <laughs> on football. It's an emotional decision. It's an emotional decision that time. So I think that's the part where it gets cloudy. The one thing I've always said, man, Jerry want to win. Like, I believe he wants to win. That's his life. His life is take risk and win, right? And this, it's a respect to be had there. I respect them for that. But I do think when you own a team, 
and you are a general manager, you emotional. Now, he'll deny it, but he don't even notice it. Like, you, you don't... If, if, I'm coming to, if I'm coming to Freddie T house and he my boss, you think I'm going to come in here and rip the cabinets off the walls and knock the cups down, break all the china and the dishes and be like, damn, I'm sorry. Right. Freddie T be like, no, bro, that's it. Right. Like, that's it. You can't come back. You can't come back. Yeah. And this I'm not allowed to nowhere around here. Uh, nowhere, nowhere around here. Right. But if you, if you, the cousin, be like, man, we better clean this up before he get here. Yeah. Right. yeah. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DEFENSE to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code DEFENSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NFL. You're talking about Jerry and, you know, you guys being America's team. There's this, there's this very sharp edge you have to walk when you are a former cowboy and you're on TV because you guys are so popular. Yeah. And it's a topic whether you guys are winning or losing, the cowboys are in the ace. And now you look at this team that Jerry has put together. And you thought you put it together in a certain way where Dak Prescott is the franchise star. That star is out. And now you got the Michael Parsons and you got the yep. Trayvon Diggs. Like this team is about defense. Basically what you said was when you were drafted, it was to change this defense and rebuild this defense into something that could help y'all win a championship. Well, this defense seems like that. Yeah. When you look at a guy like Parsons and what he's brought to this, to this team, you live in Dallas. What's the feel about number 11? Yeah, he's going to be probably mentioned in the same breath with Emmett Troy and Mike when he done. Rare, bro. Like, that's what comes to mind with Mike. Rare. Like, we watching it. We've seen football players before. Uh, he's rare. It's a rare talent that he has, a rare skill that he has to do something. He don't even really know what he's doing yet. And it's just his ability, his God-given ability is just taking them to heights that people have never seen rookies or the impact. So I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, when you play for the Cowboys, I will say this. Doors are open and you don't even know where they open at. Yeah. You start finding out later, right? I make, I make no qualms about it. I'm, my career is a large part of playing for the Dallas Cowboys, mm -hmm. what I'm doing now. Right. And I'm fortunate for that, grateful for that. Um, but you also have an ultimate responsibility when you are there and when you are playing there that you, you, you better make sure you take advantage of what you have at your disposal. I'm living proof, bro. Like, I'm one of the faces at ESPN. I ain't make one Pro Bowl. Wasn't an All-Pro. I don't have no sack records. I don't have, like, <laughs> right. I ain't in the ring of honor or nothing. Yeah. But I play for a team that's world, globally recognizable, mm -hmm. and I can speak to that team, and I speak to the game. And that tremendous, like, that, that helped me by by a landslide. And I didn't draft me. That's why it goes back to yeah. took a lot of people, bro. Like the, that makes, the humble nature. You know what? That 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 makes sense and it kind of helps me transition. You mentioned who you played for opening certain doors. Yeah. And I think we all live in the world, you know, I know we can't go anywhere with Channing without people running up to him. Same thing with Fred. I've been around with you and it's the same thing. And and, and I laugh sometimes because when I'm with my family members who don't do what I do for a living or who don't have the money I have, 
they're like, how are you rich and you get all this free stuff? Yeah. Right? Or, or, or you pull up to a restaurant <laughs> and you don't have a reservation. Everybody in the front has a reservation. They say, we got you, Mr. Clark. Yeah. Right? All these things you get to do, the places you get to go because of who you are. Right now, there's a topic that it seems that many people want us to talk about culturally mm-hmm. with Brett Favre. Misappropriation of welfare funds. Um, and now it's a, it's a tens of millions of dollars scandal. And he wanted to use it or used it to build a volleyball facility. Yep. There have even been text messages now that he was focused on getting more funds in order to build an indoor football facility at World. And this is as well. And this is something that we haven't analyzed and yeah. we haven't talked about. Yeah. Anybody looking at the outside end of this situation goes, okay, it's one of the poorest countries, I mean, poorest states in the country. Education is trash, mm-hmm. right? Obesity is high. You have all of these things going on and you're pulling money from the most underserved and from the people who need it the most. And you're pulling that money for your own, right? But that's because of the rooms he can be in. That's because of the conversations he could have, the text messages he could send. To do that as a millionaire, you are a scumbag, right? To do that as a millionaire, you have lost a heart for the people or you never had it. Now, I never watched Brett Favre play football or do anything and said to myself, I think he's a great human. Um, But you never think people will do this when they don't need to. But for us, it's been, you you laughed about it. I got called a coon because when they asked me why we didn't talk about it, I was like, because I don't really care to analyze what Brett Favre was doing. It has nothing to do with the current and present time of football. Absolutely. He's not playing on a team. He's not gonna hurt an organization. This is not gonna be a black eye to the NFL. There is nothing for me to say, and I already feel how I feel. But when you look at the pressure that's put on you now with this job Mm -hmm. that you've earned and that you've worked for, that people feel like this is something you should speak on. Culturally, this is important. How do you answer the question when they say, why haven't you talked about Because I ain't fighting their battles. Like, you know me, RC. Like, I love our people. But I ain't about to get on TV to fight no battle. Like, I ain't. The things that I feel like are necessary to talk about that pertain to what we are talking about or infiltrate the sports arena that's relevant and current, I talk about it if I want to. I think a lot of times, man, like, when you come from a marginalized society or a group of people, and we see things happen in, in certain situations, our first reaction is emotion. And that's fair, right? And I've had to grow a little bit not to discount the emotional part. I pride myself on not getting emotional about things that that's not directly tied to my family or somebody that's in my, first, my household. Right, I try to detach that. Even at times within my family, I say, okay, I know this hurt, but how do we make it not hurt? As opposed to having a three-hour conversation about how it hurts, mm-hmm. right? And I know- So I you're looking to, for solutions. I'm looking for solutions. And I, and I had to grow a little bit of sensitivity to the fact that everybody don't operate like that. Mm-hmm. And that's something I've been working on. But with the Brett Favre situation, that was the thing. Like I was like, how does Brett Favre Stealing money from impoverished, low-income welfare recipients to Ryan Clark becoming a coon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How responsible are y'all, too, to be that voice? Because y'all are the ones on national TV. Shannon, is very important. But here's the thing, bro. 
it's not all encompassing. <laughs> and other thing is this too, Chad. <laughs> How is me talking about Brett Favre stealing money from welfare recipients gonna help black people? It's like 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 that's like that's my thing. And then and then it's the issue of having to explain it. And 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 he always talked to me about it. He always talked to me off the ledge time. of like getting back at people. I have a need to be understood. <laughs> like if you don't if you don't like me, it's cool. Like if yeah. you say, RC, you said this, you did this, you did that, and I don't like you, and everything you said I did and I meant, I meant, I'm like, oh, F you too. That don't bother me. Yep. I just hate when you don't like me for something I ain't do. Yeah. Right. And so now, like we're, we're talking about this, and people are like, well, Michael Vick. Jameis Winston was still in crab legs. In the middle of their career. But guys, what you're 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 looking at like the actual crime. It's about the relevance of the person to my job. Like I think he should be being talked about on the news. Yeah. So you want me to jump from analyzing Tua Tungavaloa, right? You want me to go from oh Tua jumped up, he lied and said his back was hurt. And you knew he was concussed. And you know what? Brett Favre stole $77 million. Yeah. Like, that's not how it works. And, and, and so, to, to your point, RC, it's important for us, man. And that's why y'all platform so important. Because a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people don't understand how television works. A lot of people don't understand, like, you not just going on TV to soapbox. Yeah. You know big. what I'm saying? Like, you creating platforms, like y'all doing, for people to come on here and be transparent. Right. Be able to have a detailed conversation. Because even if I talk about Brett Favre, I got three minutes. You think Brett Favre stealing welfare money take three minutes to talk about? Or does it take a show and a half yeah. to talk about? So right? nuanced. It's so, so nuanced, nuanced. And you got to go through a whole bunch of channels in the middle of games being played on Sunday yeah. and everything that's transpiring in the NFL. So I, I just, sometimes I got to like take a step back and I'll be trying to tell RC, hey, bro, like I'll take some off the side. Hey, man, let them people talk. Let them people say what they gonna say, man. Most of the time, it's blacks calling blacks coons. 100%. That's what it was, yeah. But there was an incident that happened where Eric Bieniemy dove into Patrick Mahomes. You know, and then Shady McCoy, he made a comment saying, uh, Eric Bieniemy is so bad. You're so bad. That's why you don't deserve to be a coach, a coach in this league. Do you know how hard it is as a black man to become an NFL coach? Bro. Why should another black man put gasoline on that topic? We're talking about black 100%. on black crimes all the time. 100% dog. I think that comment was unnecessary by Shady. And it was a grab, in my opinion, because I, I've never been in that organization. Yeah. And people say what they say about EB, about why he's deserving and why he's not deserving. But as a black man, as a man who... I am taught to mind my business, Yeah. right? This is my business now to speak on certain things, but there's a way to do that. Man, friend, you to your I'm point, I'm not saying nothing detrimental to no man that the world don't need to know. That's where if I If that's your personal experience, it don't matter. Correct. Me, me, me and Perk do a podcast together, me and Kendrick Perkins, and Draymond called him a coon. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting on there like, bruh, you, what does this do? Right. For you to divulge this publicly and start this discourse, mm -hmm. what does this accomplish right. other than you being emotional Correct. about a run-in or a situation you and EB had or a run-in a situation that you and Perk had? Mm -hmm. I don't operate like that, bro. RC will tell you all the time. We have a bunch of conversations. RC, man, look, folks can write what they want to write about me. Lie if you want to. 
You know the truth when you're putting this ink on the paper. You know what's going on for real in your heart about what you saying, yeah. the type of stuff that you spewing. And I, I think for me, man, that's how I deal with it, bro. Like I, I just, I care about black people. I care about people though. Mm -hmm. Right. The overall arching statement is, I care about people. Mm -hmm. I want to be around good people. For sure. If your skin lime green mm -hmm. and you good people, I'm cool with you. I we good. Them. I love them avatars. They were so <laughs> fine. They wasn't lime green. They were blue, they were blue but, but that, what, that, that Zoe Saldana, yeah, her avatar was fine. It's just, it's, but I'm just bullshit. But what's but a coon? No. What's a coon? It's a it's a, a derogatory term that started. That, yeah. But what 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 is it? like? Because you we, got upset, RC. No, I know. I didn't actually. Not like upset, yeah. but like. No, we talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. The was this, Being though. called a coon it was means funny. what? That's funny to me. It's funny, but that, that, what is that's actually funny to me. What's a coon? So what's happening? I call my my homeboys. I'd be like, that's my H Boom coon. And I've heard people look at me like they'll, they'll yeah. sit back and be like, because I said the word coon. That's old school. That's an old school. Ace Boom Coon. Yeah, yeah, that's my yeah. Ace Boom Coon. That's, that, that's my ride or die. What is a coon? Why, why well, think, is that a derogatory I, I, term? I think the biggest thing is it's not necessarily the word, it's the usage. It's the, it's the meaning behind it. One, for me, calling me a coon is never going to upset me, right? Like I wasn't, when he said that, I actually laughed. And I was like, well, hell, I mean, now nah, I, I hit the double double, right? On this side, they say I'm racist. On this side, I'm a coon. I ain't got nowhere to go. I mean, right? the I'm, spectrum is I'm in so the, large. I'm in the middle. I got you. Right, okay. I just <laughs> laugh. But I think what, what's happened is we, everybody needs to be able to identify a person that they disagree with instead of just being able to identify they disagree. Those things are different. It's, it's like, I got to be able to label you because you don't think, you don't like, think me. like me. Yep. And so what happens in, in our job, and we talk about it a lot, is that people believe you're always supposed to be on one side, right? Because I've been on the side of black people so much, they think I'm just doing that because they black. No, I'm yep. doing that because I think you're right, yep. right? But you ain't always right. And when you are not right, I don't have to jump. I'm not going to jump out here and poke my chest out for you because when you are, I need to be able to have some sort of truth to what I'm saying. And people not always saying Ryan's just jumping over there. Like the same thing with EB. The thing I noticed the most about what he was doing was he kept saying, we're okay. We're okay. And we know it. When you hot as a player, no matter what the coach said, you're not, you're not, it's not registering to you. And so if you're looking on the outside at Patrick Mahomes' body language, you think it's a fight. Yeah. But if you pay attention, that's why you can't jump to the intent of a man. Right. And that's the same thing with Marcus. Like when he gets up and talks and he stands for us, everybody. <laughs> but the next time, when he sees it the right way, it said, no, just that, because that ain't happen like that. The people feel different. Channel, I'm gonna give you an example, bro. I've been called a coon on one side by my people and a racist by white people on the same topic. <laughs> like real talk, I can show yeah. you direct messages where, yeah. oh, you fake, you, you, you the, 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 the company control you mm -hmm. from, our, from black people. And then on the other side, white person, same topic. <laughs> I, the same words, you, you race baiting. Why it's all about race. So bro, listen, you ain't gonna win. <laughs> like, and I think that's the thing that I, I, that's the conclusion that I draw. You're not gonna win. Do your job and be confident in what you say and your convictions. Some people gonna like it, some people ain't. 
I live like that when I'm on TV. Both of y'all, y'all, like, like you said, even for you to say that, Swag, yeah. like you reading those DMs. You saw oh, the you cool DMs. For sure. You saw, you, the, you saw the race bait DMs. Absolutely. So you're seeing that, you're seeing your crowd, and that's what you gotta do. Your your brand. Yeah. Swagoo brand. Yeah. But how, like, how do y'all navigate that? Like, you have to navigate, like, I don't know if y'all are accepting what's going on, but y'all have to navigate to have two separate sides both criticizing you. No, I think if you always mean what you say and it's always authentic, those things don't shake me. Right? If you if you, if you say, I believe you're race baiting, that's fine. That's how I felt. Yeah. Or if I believe you're a coon, that's fine. That's how I felt. And so you don't have to switch those things. But listening to you talk about kind of responsibility brings me to something else. You have uh, Swagoo and Perk. Yep. The the podcast and like I, I know you love hoops, right? You probably love hoops more than you love football. You just I ended up that, yeah. being three twenty, right? Yeah. And so he got too big. I grew out of it. Yeah, he out he outgrew it. Yeah. He, he, he he just stopped growing this way and started yeah, growing still, that way. Yeah, a little wide. When <laughs> you know you talk about your responsibility and and speaking on uh, a black man in that way. Yeah. We are now in a place with uh, Boston Celtics suspended head coach Ime Udoka, right? Where it's one of those topics uh, where you don't know a ton about it. Yep. You have to walk the line of not speaking on his name in a derogatory way that he did not earn, mm -hmm. not disrespecting women, not saying in any way that they are at fault or insulting people, and then being able to actually like analyze and describe something and give something to people that's not ball. Yeah. You know, we had. Stephen A. and Malika Andrews, they had a, a, a conversation or a debate mm -hmm. or a disagreement that got heated. When you look at that situation, how do you or how would you approach speaking on that? First of all, what needs to be explained to a lot of people when we talk, I give opinions. I'm not a reporter. Mm -hmm. A reporter writes a report or they bring news. I give an opinion about the report yes. that they brought. So that's two different things. I'm giving an opinion about something that I trust somebody reporting on has done the due diligence mm. of giving you a report, mm -hmm. right? So you give an opinion about that. That sometimes get misconstrued with people that watch you on TV because they like, you lying. I'm, I'm giving an opinion about the report. You can read the report <laughs> this, too. This ain't my information. This ain't my information. <laughs> right. I'm reading the report. This is an opinion about that. Yeah. I think another thing you gotta be able to do in order to be have some success in this business is admit when you're wrong. Mm -hmm. Or admit when you get when you gave an opinion, and it was it it was based in truth. And information changes. And information changes. Okay, more information. Reroute that opinion. I got more info. Right. We we in an unforgiving time though in media. We in an unforgiving time where where people. I want those three words that make me hate you. Forget them other thirty five you said. Let me pull them three you said, and I'm gonna hate you for these three. I ain't gonna talk about nothing else. In one sentence, the Miami Dolphins good, but the Miami Dolphins ain't better than the Bills. Oh, he hate the Dolphins. <laughs> right. Right. Right? So, yeah. so if you always fighting that battle, this is a short-lived career for you. Yeah. If you fighting that battle on, oh, let me make sure you're okay, and let me make sure you're okay, even though we saying opposite things. All right. And then the other part, RC, is with Eme in that situation with this, with what happened with Stephen A and Malika which I, I think between discourse was between them two, it was misunderstanding, legitimately playing out in real time. What I know of that situation 
is when you're in a position of authority, and sometimes we don't like to acknowledge it, we got to operate and function in a different way, right? We got to do things differently. We can't, it, you, you, you have to grow as your role grows, as your visibility grows, as your responsibility grows, you have to operate in a different way. Mm. I don't know if you deem it fair as the individual, but it's true. <laughs> like, sure. yeah. so what the guy that run everybody coffee in the Celtics organization, if he did that, it might, it'll be a firing and nobody would ever hear about it. Right. But you're the head coach of this organization that everybody has eyes on. Yeah. Right? So that responsibility changes. And then the other part too is when you have these nuanced conversations about anything, race, women, men, in the media, you better choose your words carefully. What I try not to do is err on the side of disrespectful. If I'm speaking truth and you feel like it's disrespectful, man, listen, I'm telling the truth, bro. Right. You know, now you determine how you want to respond to the truth. Yeah. And everybody don't like that. But we've known that since we was little. It ain't take us to start working in TV or in some major medium to understand that everybody don't like to hear the truth. Mm -hmm. Right. They want silos and they want this. This got to align with what I'm saying for me to like this. Mm -hmm. That's where we are now. So. I think, I think that overall situation, Ime Udoka, you the head coach of the Boston Celtics, you can't do what you was doing. Mm -hmm. For me, that's simple. <laughs> like, you can't do what you was doing, and this is the result of that. Now, I don't understand why it's against company policy, but you only, only suspended a year. I don't understand that. Right. I don't know, but that's the part of nuance. Right. I don't know why that situation. Con I don't know if it's context. still an ongoing investigation, yeah. Yeah. why they can't fire you yet, or whatever. Whatever the situation is, but you divulge and you give an opinion about the information you have. So, Chan, in, in that you've done radio for for a decade yeah. now, and we've talked about the situation. I think Marcus is exactly right. As as you continue to elevate, you have to move in a different way. We've seen that in the small world we live in. Yeah. But when you think of a Robert Solver, uh, Solver who owns who owned because he's selling now the yeah. Mercury and the Suns. And the things that he did that got him suspended for a year. And then the first thing you read is Ime Udoka suspended for a year for a consensual relationship with a colleague. Does that to you say the punishment fits the crime, for lack of a better word? And that's the thing, the punishment fits the crime. And we've seen, and even Matt Barnes. He came out and he, he said, yeah. and he recanted. Yeah. He recanted yeah. like, I know more information. I, and I've actually seen more about absolutely. what's going on yes. in Boston. But the thing is, is that like, when you're a head of an organization, you can't go out and start messing with the, 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 the people under you. And that's the thing, like, I don't, I'm not trying to be the disciplinarian, whatever, but there is a certain standard you have to set when you're in top of an organization and people have pushed back with me about this. Yeah. There is a standard you have to set. If the pivot, I'll be honest, we're doing well. We need to start hiring people. Very well. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, very well, guys. But so we start hiring people. We hire a social media lady. She would benefit from messing with me. You see what I you yep. see what I'm saying? As 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 the head coach of a of a basketball team. You have to figure that out and see that you can't mess with these ladies in this building 
because you can take that as they're trying to better themselves and better their career. Your mortgage is attached to me. Yep. Position and, of authority. And that's what it is. And they're like, hey, man, you know, Udoku, I can't say this motherfucking name. Udoku. 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 We got Udoku. You. I don't know none of this. I'm, I, you know, I can't. I, I'm a country. So I know it. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I'm looking at it, and people are like defending it. I'm like, I don't care how much further it goes, but when you're in a, a, a power, a position of power, yeah. you can't mess with people that are okay. down there because RC, their mortgage, their lights, their water bill is attached to you liking them. So now if I f with you, now I'm gonna be hired more. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a better position in this company. That's the thing, the yeah. position of power where you can't mess with that. You yeah, can't, you can't walk that line. I think that's part of the policy, right? Part of the policy is not only that, part of the policy is so this person doesn't think that this person has the edge on them because of who their romantic relationship is. Right. With. That matters as well. Fred, I was asked a question this week and, and I've been waiting to ask you as it pertains to the situation. I was asked, why would someone work so hard their entire lives to be in a certain position as he was? And then even in understanding the rules, even in consensual, put that or risk that or put that on the line for that. And I, I forget what movie I was watching. And for, for lack of a better word, it talked about all of, the, all of the kingdoms, all of the great organizations, all of the great men that were brought down by sex, brought down by women, brought down by vagina. When you look at that situation, do you sit back and wonder? <laughs> swag, it's the it's right my, word to swag, use. Swag, it's my vagina. Yeah, I'm glad he did, Chan. <laughs> I love you to death. Go ahead, RC. I love Chan. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Fred? Say the other word, Chan. Go ahead, man. <laughs> when you, <laughs> it's a serious it's situation. It is very bro. serious. What do you say, vagina? Like that's uh, what it says, is. Nobody sits around and says vagina. Yeah. Adult people do. <laughs> My bad, swear. I'm sorry. Anyway. Appreciate you watching. Okay. I got you. I got Freddie you. T. Let's, anyway. let's keep the vagina conversation going. <laughs> Freddie T. When, <laughs> when you look at that, though, when you think about the, the position you're in, and now you make this decision, which isn't illegal, right? right? But it's against the rules that allow you to keep your job. Mm -hmm. And for a man with a family, now putting yourself at risk to be exposed in that way and for them to have to deal with that. And I was asked, why do you think people do that, not just him? You know, that that's the craziest thing, right? Um, but this whole entire situation, Channing said he doesn't even know how to pronounce his name. And earlier I said, I wanna mind my business for the simple fact, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. So why should I even be speaking on it? But in this arena, in this platform, I have to, right? That's the biggest mystery to me. Why did he put himself in that position? Yeah. And that will continue to be the biggest mystery to pretty much for a majority of people that are invested in this outside of the sports arena, because you insert, you know, the 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 most one of the most beautiful actresses that we grew up oh, having oh. crushes on and Nia Long, that changes the whole entire conversation. Mm -hmm. And that brings up the question even more: why did he do it? Yeah. Look at what you have at home. You know, and then I was gonna ask you, Swag, you know, you have public private, you have sports arena, and the people that don't care about sports, yep. but they love movies. They love their black queens, yep. right? Mm. I wanna know how many people that have been included in this 
What's the percentage of people that are invested in this because he was Nia Long's fiance oh, 100%. or boyfriend? Wait, wait, wait. That's a whole different, that's more legs. What what did um who was it? Vic? I think Michael Vick said, don't get a don't get a table legs or don't let it grow legs or something like that. The chair legs. It's grown additional legs yeah. because of who was involved with it. Yeah, man. Outside of what he it, is. It, it is absolutely relevant to one black women. Right. right. And a long history of them being treated wrong, marginalized, not just by black men, right? Just in general. Correct. And then two, the one thing we've always kind of connected on was love. Mm -hmm. As an overall community, like we choose who our sisters and our cousins and my uncle oh, sure. is that we don't, that we attach to, right? Everybody calls Shannon unk. Mm -hmm. That's the relativity of how they view that relationship. And I think to your point, when you start talking about Nia Long, Nia was family. For sure. Like best man, Love Jones. We like that's a gravitational pull to somebody that rep was representative of not only success but a successful black woman. And she's been a staple and she's been in a our staple, community for right? decades. So, so for them, it was more about you heard our sister for sure, our cousin, or the 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 woman we grew up with, you know, and and put on this pedestal, and we respect and admire her mm -hmm. for what she's done. So I think. A lot of that comes into play. And, and honestly, Freddie T, it goes back to what RC asked you. The reality is, bro, we visible. Mm -hmm. And we can't operate <laughs> like everybody else operate. That's, that's the reality of it. But also the reality is, we do. That's the reality. You know what I'm saying? It's always going to be a bigger story. It's always going to be a, 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 a polarizing situation when one of us... If 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 your partner get a ticket, it's like, dang, dude got a ticket in Jacksonville right, today. Right, right. Freddie T get a ticket. What was he doing? How fast what was he going? What was in the car? How fast was he going? What right. was the interaction like? But Sweat, why are y'all so taken back that somebody cheated on a famous I'm not. person? None of us are. I was gonna say, because no, I I'm use not. your word. What's the best vagina? New vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I'm married. I love my lady. I, I do too. <laughs> And yeah. I, and yeah, I told my wife ass up last no night before I flew out. I don't want no new one. Wait, wait. Why he said it? And everybody just looked at yeah, him. I don't yeah, want because no y'all, everybody got no, scared. No, I'm, I'm going to say it. I don't want no new one. <laughs> but I'm fine but, with the one I but have. That's like, the it's thing. great. I want to ask you, Swag. Do, 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 do they run up on you? Females? You, yeah, but you big. You big fine. You swag, <laughs> like You got swag. I got to love you to death, bro. Boy, you know you thick. my aim. You thick. Th -th 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 thick. Man, do they run up on you? The reality is, yeah. Cause a flight attendant gave me her number on a on a napkin the other. My day. wife has been a part of sitting at tables when I've had conversations with my partners, and I'm transparent on TV. I'm transparent at home, right? And this me, like I don't know how to go on TV and be something else. That's who I am. And I tell I tell my wife all the time, I don't cheat because I don't want to. Not cause you fine, or you the mother of my kids. Oh, I'm supposed to have this level of respect for you because you're my wife. All of that matters. That's a part of the equation. But the reality is, I don't want to. Mm -hmm. That's where I am. And you being happy about that and you benefiting from that is great. But if a man is getting married 
Or if a man getting in a relationship and he think that woman is going to stop him from cheating, Beyonce done been cheated on and Holly Berry done been cheated on. Mm. If them two people get cheated on, anybody could get Baby, it. you don't look good enough to not get cheated on. It ain't no job you got. It ain't no amount of money you got. Yeah. You better hope and pray that your dude is done with that. Yeah. Like, that's it. And I tell my wife all the time, we had a conversation in front of my dudes, and I got partners that's wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but for me in my house, like, I just, I don't want to. And, you know, I'm sure my wife is in that. I'm sure it's like I don't want to break her heart. And yeah. Like, we got kids, and I want to set a good example. But the ultimate thing is, dude, I'm on the road Monday through Wednesday every week. I got plenty of opportunity by myself. I can, I could be, I could say I'm in uh, Connecticut where ESPN at. I could be in Manhattan. <laughs> if you want That's to. the reality. But you, you know what I'm saying? To. Don't want to. Don't want to. And it was a time I did. Yeah. Like, bro, come on now. I'm not, you know me. These cameras don't mean nothing to me when it comes to truth. Yeah. It was a time I was. And I over time, growing respect having daughters, learning the dynamic of the relationship, and more importantly, not wanting to put myself in no situation. Mm -hmm. But I ain't finna preach that to you or RC or Freddie T or every dude that I come in contact with. It's your, on your time. How you feel about that? I cheat on my wife with myself. I'm my own mistress. <laughs> I think she would prefer that. <laughs> Hey, swag, man. It's a, I think like the 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 cool part about things that that y'all hit on, I think is is one thing. Part of our culture is to have quote unquote relatives, uncles, cousins, sisters, brothers that aren't our blood. Right. That we adopt and that we hold close because of what they mean to us. And I think that was a lot of when you know Freddie T was was speaking on Nia Long and also the way uh, that you spoke on. I think the other piece of it is too is that. People, no matter what position they are in, are going to do what they feel at least fulfills them in the moment yep. if they're not paying attention to what it means in the long in run. In the long run. And yep. I think that happens. But my, my question for you, and this will be the last one, this is usually Freddie T's question. You know, you mentioned your wife and you mentioned family. You mentioned that this is your calling. In order to get here, in order to get to this place where you can say, I feel these ways, but I don't have to impose them on other yeah. people or to get the opportunity to be yourself and be transparent on TV, there had to be a decision or a moment or something that happened in your life that was the pivotal moment that got you here. Yeah. If you could go back and point that one thing out that helped make Swagoo, what would that be? I'm gonna get real with y'all for a second, man. My sister was my hero growing up. My sister was a all-state basketball player, got recruited all across the country in basketball. And she is who I looked at as Deidre Spears. She is who I looked at as my hero. She was my First motivation, no coaches, no professional player. My sister was my first motivation. She made me want to reach for heights because I saw it happening for her. Um, my sister was molested in high school and we didn't know, didn't know. And um, when she finally came out and told me and my mom, I saw her kind of clamoring to like, I don't know what this means for me going forward. Like, I don't know how I'm gonna move forward. I don't know 
what to do. I don't know how to maintain this. And this was at a time when black people didn't go to therapy. Mm -hmm. This was like, we gonna handle it. We gonna love you, we gonna hug you. Hugs and love ain't gonna fix that. That, that brokenness that she felt. And it's funny, man, because I talk, I, I talk about it and, and she knows that I talk about it. Um, her ability to look at life positively tells me, man, you ain't got no reason to walk around here slumped over. Mm -hmm. Like she grown, got a daughter. She a police officer in Bedford, Texas. She's, uh, she's gay, she's married to Stacy who I love to death. And um, my sister picking herself up off the mat and being who she is, unbroken, positive about life, willing to give to people and her energy, it, it teaches me every day. Now she gonna cry when she see this, but it teaches me every day. Like bro, it's people out here dealing with stuff you ain't got no clue. Right. And they still going and thriving. And this was this close to me. Like my ace is this close to me. So, man, when you see me um, maneuvering, you ask me all the time, RC, like, bro, you just so positive. I done seen the worst, dude. Like I done seen the worst in people. And I've seen somebody have to come back from the worst in a person being imposed on them. Right? And my sister. So, you know, that, that that's like the legacy of my sister is my motivation. Love it. Um, and then my wife lost her mom at 13. Um, and went to St. John's, left St. John's, went to Tyler Junior College, left Tyler, we met at LSU. I ain't never seen her one day make an excuse. We had a baby, she popped out, she started being a mother. She ain't never complained. Had another baby, popped him out, never complained. Had my little girl popped out, ain't never complained. The people that are most important to me has given me no excuse not to maximize this thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what I live on every day. That's why I don't get on TV and feel like I need to appease anybody mm -hmm. or I need to get people to like me. I genuinely do not care what you think about Marcus Spears. And I think it's my best trait. You know what I'm saying? But but because of that. And 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 that 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 moment and dealing with the aftermath of that was my pivot. Um, I ain't never been through nothing like that. Right. And for her to go through that and still be my motivation to this day, still have a positive outlook on life, man, dude, I, I get up in the morning and I talk about football, basketball, and sports. And these people pay me handsomely. Man, there's people out there in real life not only depending on us to make them smile, laugh, and enjoy the day, but it's also people out there depending on us to kind of fill a painful void that they got somewhere in their life. Mm -hmm. I subscribe to that. I will try to do that. That's what I try to do. That's why I try to make people laugh and enjoy when I'm doing my job. First off, we like you. Ooh. So that's... Uh, <laughs> I like y'all too. That's first. I mean, I think, you know, we've had this conversation about you sitting down with us for a long time. We want you just to sit down and talk life. Yeah, Sometimes man. it don't always have to be about what got swaggoo here, like just chop it up. And I think allowing folks to see that it's not just the laughs and it's not just being able to entertain, that there's so much depth into who you are is why 
we were very excited about you being here, man. And I think you're the best that's doing it. We talk about, I text it all the time in the group chat, man. I think you have something that not many people have. And I remember to this day, you walking down the hall, telling me your plans and telling me that you loved it. And you was like, RC, what you want to do? I was like, oh, I just like doing it. And you was like, I want to be a star. And uh, you are more than than well on your way, man. Appreciate, so we appreciate my you, my boy. I yes, appreciate y'all having me, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Love you to death, bro. <laughs> bro, you stupid, too, man. People say vagina, bro. Oh, I f with swag, man. Swag don't say vagina. He ain't say vagina. Bro, he, he can't help himself. <laughs> vagina? Appreciate you, man. Bro, that's the actual Nobody name of it, Channing. Nobody says the word vagina yes, they, anymore. It's 2022. No, not everybody's walking around saying the P word. That's a 1947 So what do you, so if you can't say vagina, you- Gucci. <laughs> that is actually better than what I thought. <laughs> Hold up, limitless. Take a stomach cow, pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On the mission, got me up. No one me, I got the key. Only vision I can trust. Trust, limitless. Take a stomach cow, pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On the